0: Hey there, Pounders. This is J.R. Wilco with today's Unnecessary Foolishness. It's episode 53 of the Superfluous Poppycock podcast. I've got Leo Clark here with me again. And we're going to be discussing everything that's going on in the world right now. I got to tell you, I've never felt less confident in the name of this podcast because I don't feel like being foolish... Today, necessary or unnecessary hmm. I don't feel like talking about basketball uh, i I don't feel like talking about anything except what is going on in our nation and what is happening. I know that there have been some comments on the in the threads on the site, wondering why pounding the rock hasn't addressed. George Floyd, the protests, the riots, police brutality, what's happened in Minnesota, all of it and I've been processing all of this this is this is a couple of years worth of uh, my mindset, my understanding my perspective on things changing, developing, evolving as as we've seen more and more of these events pile up, as we've seen a continuation, the kind of disregard for human life that, that, is, that weighs on the soul of every person who is honest with themselves. So I reached out to Leo. We had a conversation last week, and we've been preparing ever since then to get together and talk about it Leo great to have you on the podcast again how you doing sir
1: I'm doing well JR thank you for having me so guys this is uh, this is not going to be
0: the regular podcast that you that you are familiar with hearing uh, on Superfluous Poppycock this is not going to be tight it's going to be probably messy it's going to be a little bit rough I'm going to let it be rough. I feel raw. I know a lot of you do as well. Uh, I'll tell you what this is not going to be. This is not going to be a political conversation. Those of you who know me and know the way that I run Pounding the Rock know that I don't like to politicize or react in a political manner. I believe that we are beyond a political moment in this nation. And to anyone who is looking for a political solution, I would say, I'll put it this way. If you're looking for a revolution, the revolution has to start at home.
2: Hmm.
0: The revolution must be community. If you're looking for a revolution, revolutionize your neighborhood. Hmm. Revolutionize your relationship with your neighbors. I have I, I've seen any number of things on Twitter stories, broadcasts that have tried to score political points in this. And every single time I see something from either side, in my mind it's making the point opposite of what is being is is what's being argued, and that is that politics cannot solve this. I believe that we are beyond the ability for a political solution on a nationwide scale. I believe it is up to everyone to be as involved as possible with the people around them, whoever they are, whatever skin color they are, to stand up make their voices heard and be involved at the local level to change what is happening around us ind- as individuals if i I'll, I'll tell you right now i i have no problems with people marching protesting traveling to do so but the change that we want to see I believe is only possible as we make it happen where we live. And that is interacting with each other, caring, having empathy, listening to one another and working together. It is by unifying our neighborhoods, our communities that our culture will shift. It is by not resting It is by not coming to a point of being satisfied. It's by staying in the ear of our elected officials and our our commissioned officials that have never been elected in their lives. By staying in front of them and being firm, honest, and undaunted. That we will start to see the change that is necessary in this nation, Leo. I know you've had a interactions over these last couple of days that we were talking about. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you so that you can talk a little bit about what's been going on with you lately.
1: Jr. Thank you, man. That was good way to kick this off. Love hearing your heart as you were sharing. I couldn't stop thinking about how so many times we have people yelling from megaphones from both sides, expecting the other one to hear them. But as we sit here on this podcast, that we're stopping and we're listening to each other. It's just like our conversations over the phone and when we stop and listen, we're able to empathize with each other and to understand that there are differences between us, but those differences are okay. Um, And when I say that is those differences makes it interesting and we get a chance to grow and get to know each other. You know, I always hear these different terms and there's always a new term popping up and it's just like, you know, I don't even need to name them, but it's the terms can cause us to lose sight on the issue, the problem, the challenges, the struggles, and it can literally make someone so frustrated because they're locked in on that term and they're not able to hear what that other person has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, just just today, they um, just um, share an example of I was stepping out of the office for lunch and walked into a pizza place. Not doing any free advertising today, but um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I um, I was ordering me uh, you know quick pizza, get something to eat, and I was walking out, and three police officers walked in. And I was sensing something that um, I locked eyes with one of them and I was sensing, I was supposed to say something. And I literally just asked him, man, how are you doing? I said, with all the stuff that's going on, how are you doing? I'm curious to hear what is going on in your heart. And he talked about things that were going on on I-35, et cetera. And, and I began to share with him, you know, my heart and said, listen, I want to know how I can partner with you um, to bring unity. And that led to um, a long, uh, pretty long conversation. I say in that matter, probably about five, 10 minute conversation where, you know, he got to say, no, it was absolutely wrong. And he said, my uh, friends and I that are right here are outraged. What happened? But a lot of times um, when we put every police officer in one in a category and say, A, they're all evil. The reality of it is we know that's not true. Just like every person we encounter in life is not evil. Um, But because you have uh, multiple instances of police brutality, we begin to paint this picture that all cops are that way. And then because of that, they're backed into a corner and a defense mechanism comes up trying to prove that I'm not like this other cop. And then you have the black side saying, yes, you are. And then now you have two yelling people with megaphones and nobody's listening. Hmm. And so it's, it's almost like two gangs backed into a corner. And I hate to use that word, but where you have this blue gang and then you have this black gang, and they're saying, "I want you to listen to me i 'm tired of this happening to me i i've been very fortunate in my lifetime because i've been around some incredible, strong black women, and my grandmother um was the first one that used to tell me stories about her working for um former plantation owners. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie, The Help, but my grandmother was um, that type of, uh, she, that's what she did for a living. I mean, she was a maid and she would, and, um these stories she would tell me, and then she would always have said, you know what? One thing I know how to do is love well. And she would look beyond any of the prejudice. Not that she didn't feel any hurt or any pain. I don't want to be naive to that, but she had an ability to rise above and um, respond in a way that was always in love. I don't know if I've ever seen her angry (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's, and I can't recall that as a, as you know, and I'm still, I'm just blown away by it. not saying that she never did, but she never did it in front of me, but she always loved well. And then it was passed on to my mother, And my mother is this incredible woman, just loved, didn't matter what color you are, mom just loved well. And that was some of the things that, um, you know, I I experienced growing up. So when when I look at some of the hurtful things that are going on, one of the biggest things I see that is missing is really is love. Because when folks don't know how to love, um, somebody that doesn't look like them or whether it's even loving their kids or, or loving their, their friends or loving their, their, their spouse uh, there's it. If they don't know how it's like, they're, they're confused. They're, they're, they're lost so to speak. And so I, I, I hear constantly, we get, we get locked in on this word equality, quality, quality, quality. And we had conversations about this. So many people are looking for things to be equal. And I I wrestle with that because you know, definitely as a, as a former athlete, um, things weren't always equal on the court. Um, women and men's basketball is not always equal. Um, Mm. you know, there are giftings that you have Dale that are, they're not equal now. So my expectation is I'm not looking for equality. What I'm looking for is unity. And so the only way I can attain unity in, in, in the relationships I have is to pursue that is to fight for that, to encourage that. Um, yeah, I've been racially profiled. Um, I have, you know, in college, I remember uh, getting pulled over in, um, in the state of Virginia and asked to get out of my car and, um, and said words were said to me where well, you look like a drug dealer and we're going to search your car. And I'm like, sir, I'm a college student, you know, me getting angry, I was in a, a, a no win situation. So me getting angry wasn't going to win anybody over. So I knew in that situation, it's like things that I learned from my grandmother, my mom is like, yeah, it's unfortunate. You have to be the one to rise above ignorance, but I would rather you be the one to rise above ignorance so you can come home to me and that's something that stuck with me for many, many years. And it still sticks with me to this day, because I know if I respond in anger and they're responding out of anger or hate, um, it's a no win situation for me because that's the person that's in authority because they're the one with the badge and the gun. So, um, you know, I go back to when I was in high school and, 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 um, and some friends of mine had, uh, did something and I was guilty by association. And I remember um, I was asked to come to the principal's office and the police officer said, Hey, you were involved in this, uh, this robbery. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I was not. Um, they says, yes. And I pleaded with the officer said, please don't take me out of front of the school. um in, uh, in front of everybody in handcuffs, he, he did anyway. Now, mm. That was a, that was a, uh, in that moment, I had to make some huge choices, some tough choices, whether I was going to pers- you know, continue to, um, be associated with certain friends and et cetera. Right. And, 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 these are guys I cared about dearly. Um, but I know I had to make some choices at that moment. Did I want to stay in that, that part of town or did I want to continue or did I want to go out and explore? and get away and go to college. And um, But I remember at the police station, I remember it so vividly. It wasn't that I was so embarrassed by being arrested in front of everybody. It was the tears that it brought to my mother's eyes that um, mm. I was accused of something like that. And when I saw those tears, I knew at that moment there was something that clicked in me, like I wanted to make a difference. At that time, I did not have the experience. I did not have the wisdom. I did not have the knowledge, but I knew I wanted to to make a difference. And so at that moment, I begin to pursue um, the sport of basketball, but I also begin to pursue um, uh, integrity, character, and in, in learning to say no and in, in rising above ignorance. Not that I didn't have struggles growing up, but I'm just trying to just give you um, a picture kind of into my world because sure. in order to for us to have empathy for each other, where we invite, invite each other into our experiences, into our life and and so through a lot of that, it shaped a lot of my life. And, and, um, and so we come to now, right, where um, there are certain police officers, unfortunately, <laughs> um, that are literally overly aggressive and do not know how to de-escalate a situation. And who knows what their background is like, whether it's they're flat out were, we're taught to be racist, who who knows? Nobody knows their story unless we sit down and have these conversations. But we we can all agree that anybody who is racist, black, white, whatever, and in you're in authoritative position, you should not be there because there's no way you're going to come in there with an open mind and, and a rational mindset to approach that. So when we when we look at these things that are happening around our world. It's, it's bringing up now a conversation that has been needed for years. And the fact that you and I are on this podcast right now, it says some eyes are being open. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've heard many different things with, um, when I talk to friends and, and they'll say, Hey man, um, you know, you know, there's more um, white police brutality um, in the world than black. And I'm like, um. Yeah, yeah it may be valid. I said, but you know, <laughs> um, there's more black men in prison than there are white men. I said, do you know that there's less black men in the United States than there's white men? So we can't. You're not looking at apples to apples. You're looking at apples mm-hmm. to oranges. And if you're asking that question, I'm, or if you're bringing that up as a defense, then I have to question, um, why. <laughs> Yeah. Or, so, and I and I'm and I'm just being real. I said, "What is? Are you not understanding the what's going on?" And I'm not trying to make it a black and white thing. That's not my desire at all. My desire is to come back to we need to have a conversation. But if there's always a defense mechanism that comes up, then how can we have a conversation? If if you want to default to um, a well, there's there's more. White arrests or more white killings by cops. Okay, if that's your default, then 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 we're missing it. We're really, and I say we. I said we're absolutely missing it. And so, what I'm looking for is for us to have a conversation that's going to bring about the healing and to bring about the unity in which will allow us to love each other. Not looking for perfection. Not looking for equality, but what I am looking for is to drive in towards unity. And how do we do that? And if we're not moving towards that, then we're missing it. Um, it, it, I'm not against protesting. I am against rioting. I'm not a fan of rioting at all. I, I, I never thought it was okay to destroy another person's property for what somebody else did. And then I always ask, how has rioting um, brought unity. And if it hadn't worked in the past, why do we think it's going to work now? And so coming back to it, and you will hear me use that word unity big time, whether I use it at work, whether I use it in my friendships, um, whether I use it in my marriage, whether I use it in my household. And, um, I gave a quick example to my my kiddos where, um, my two sons, um, uh, were arguing and I put my hands together and I noticed not on video, but I'm trying to give, uh, the best, <laughs> the best pictures possible. My two hands together and they, my fingers weren't collapsed. They were just pressed against each other. And I said, get on, uh, you know, I told my son, Eldon, get on one side. So my son Lucas, get on the other. And I said, see if you can pull my hands apart. And, you know, boys, they're hyped up. They're like, oh, this is a challenge. Like, let's, let's get it done. And they begin to use their strength. And they pull my hands apart. And then I begin to collapse my fingers together. And I hope I'm able to paint this picture as best as possible. I said, now, try to pull my, my arms apart. And they couldn't do it. And I said, when we are a unified family... I said, we're strong. When we're a family that's not unified, we're weak. So when we're a unified family, it shows in our neighborhood. And then there's a certain fruit that our neighbors will want to know, how are they so unified? What is it that makes them tick? And that fruit is attractive. And then they're at, they begin to ask the questions. And then when we're a unified neighborhood... That unified neighborhood. Other neighborhoods begin to ask that question: How are you guys unified? Different nationalities, you know. And and, and I say that in the sense. And, and and this is this is JR. I hope you hear me on this one here. I had um I'm an avid um, mountain biker, and my kids were out and we were practicing. And in one of the uh, my neighbors, um, I uh, have a lot of families from India in my neighborhood. And one of the kids said, "Hey, can you show me how to corner properly?" And I'm going through given this lesson to this kid and and you have a lot of these fathers just watching and they're like, I'm like, they're just staring. And I'm like, man, what's, what's going on in their mind? And one of the fathers came up to me after and says, hey man, that was amazing watching you teach him. Now I can sit there and have all kind of preconceived judgments towards family from India or whatever, they could have something towards me and we've, but this is, these are the beginnings of dialogue and conversations. And now, you know, my neighbors show up um, when my garage is open, they show up and ask, Hey man, can you help me fix my bike or whatever it may be? Can you show me how to fix something? So now through this, this activity uh, yeah. in showing love and compassion and not being afraid because we're different because we were brought up in two different areas, two different countries um, that I didn't shy away from saying, Oh no, I'm going to keep to my own. Right. And so Mm. we do that. That causes divide. But when you and I have conversations, that's two people making an effort to unify. Now, do I believe that's going to change overnight? No, it's not my expectation, but do I believe it's possible? Yes. Yes. But we first have to start with listening.
0: yeah, I can't agree more there's, there's there's so like the kind of unity, the kind of beginning and 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 development of relationship that you're talking about is 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 the work of time, and it's the work of being able to to look past what appears to be a difference Mm. and find a similarity. Yeah. There's, uh, there's been any number of uh, events over the past few years Mm. that have, that have made me rethink my position. I've been far too willing in the past to, Turn away, or to look beyond the events that that I've seen where whether it's a a police officer pulling somebody over and the situation escalates, mm. wow, well, I mean he, sh- he shouldn't have acted like that, he shouldn't have said like that i I, I just assumed that because I've never been involved in an altercation with the police officer mm. that if, if uh, I'll put it this way, the benefit of the doubt, I did not apply evenly to both sides. Mm. My, my, my benefit of the doubt was always on the side of the police officers. Mm. And when I say always, I mean, growing up, uh, you know, through through early adulthood, and and as time has gone on, more and more, I forced myself to look closely, to listen to people that I didn't necessarily agree with, to understand them better,
2: hmm.
0: and and obviously, this is a moment that is that is bigger. Than 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 just me, it's bigger than just continuing to open my eyes. Um, this is this is a, a moment where the nation and the world are responding to something that is so egregious, so obviously unjust. That doesn't mean it is the only egregious, unjust act that has happened. Like you said. Like you said, it doesn't mean that all police officers are wrong. It doesn't. I would. I would go beyond that to say it doesn't mean that all of anybody is anything. Yeah. Right. The point is that our ability, our desire, our willingness to take the opportunity to get involved in each other's lives—that brings lasting change. I am not looking for Washington D.C to legislate something down to me, that's not going to change my heart, right? You can, you can require compliance from me Mm -hmm. as long as you are within my eyesight or as long as you have a camera on me, but that can't be the case 24 seven. I will find if I need to, To live out what's in my heart, I will find a time and an opportunity when there's no one around, where there are no cameras, and how do I act then? That's why what you're saying about unity, that is why what I'm saying about seeing things from someone else's point of view and trying to understand them instead of trying to make them understand me is so necessary in this time. That's why we're doing this podcast. It's why we're having this conversation because it's, it's not just about conversation. I know some people are tired of talking. Some people say time for having conversations is over. Like, look, (laughs) when a word is used over and over and over to push someone away, they're going to react to that word. And I think we need to have a conversation has been said by both sides of the aisle for so long that it's lost all meaning. When you hear it again from people in power that really just want to placate. And that's why I say I think we've moved beyond politics at this point. Politics as being a solution. Politics as being a savior. Politics as being uh, a a cure-all or this is how we're going to get this done. We're going to force those people to behave through these laws. Unless it comes from the grassroots up, it will not sustain unless it is it's it's beyond i'm going to vote for this person who's going to make it all right we're, we're not going to be able to change hmm. i tell you one of the things that and one of the things that affected me so much was was listening to someone speak and they were speaking to a group of white people and they said let me ask you a question if if you are would be happy with the police treating white people the way they treat black people, raise your hand now. Mm. And if you're not willing to raise your hand, then you know there's a problem. Mm. And if you know there's a problem, then why are we silent? Yes. Why aren't we doing anything? So, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to pretend to. But this is my first step in doing something, in not being silent and no longer sitting on the sidelines going, I'm sure good will win out over time. This is me getting off the sidelines and getting in the game and, and, and not just doing this podcast and putting a check in the box and moving on, but making this podcast like my declaration, like my flag, I'm going to throw on the ground. Like my, like my putting putting a motto on my family crest, kind of. Not that I have one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But the the idea that I can't allow my life to be the same as it was, as it has always been, and taking steps to be different and to be more active and and to be the best version of myself every time i see an opportunity to interact with someone where i can make a difference
1: yeah man that's um that's a lot that's good <laughs> i'm sitting there just uh really taking it all day in and there's so many points within that that can lead to so many other conversations. One of the things that kind of want to press in on and even one of the things you said if, um, and I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. If, if you're, if you would be okay with cops treating someone white the same way, raise your hand. And, um, I hope I'm saying that correctly. And yeah, that's what it was probably nobody really raised their hand. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Everyone just said they're stunned, uh, yeah. And so with that being said, it's what we have to, it's one of the things I tell a lot of kids that work on a basketball court. If you can't be honest with the person in the mirror, how can you expect to bring change? Because you're you're putting these, like somebody can motivate you and like, hey, work out, work on your game, work on your shot, all these different things, right? And then, you say, yes, 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 yes. But then when you leave that place and you look in the mirror, you know you're not doing it. And then you, you ask yourself, why? Why am, I, why am I stuck on not seeing what I saw? Like I literally have people when they saw George Floyd, the, the cop, I don't even like to say his name, but um, put the knee on his neck. Mm-hmm. And some will say, well, what did he do? start by asking, yeah. um, the question, um, when I look at George Floyd and the cop had his knee on his neck and someone will say, you know, well, what did he do? And, <laughs> and I sit there and asking, like, if you're asking that question after seeing that, then you clearly have no empathy. And I tell a lot of, Folks, a lot of times, a lot of friends say, hey, man, I have no desire for your sympathy, but your empathy is powerful. Mm-hmm. Sympathy is going sorry for me. I said, man, I am I am blessed <laughs> beyond blessed with a wonderful wife, kids, and I've been very fortunate to be blessed with my wonderful mm-hmm. grandmother, my mother, um, who I was raised by. I'm not saying I didn't go through any struggle um, but what I'm saying is I, don't cho- I choose not to focus on that struggle. But when, when I hear somebody question, what did he do? I'm like, wow, how can you look at that and not have empathy? And not literally, you know, even when the guy was crying out, saying, mama, they're going to kill me. Oh, my heart just broke. And so if that doesn't stir something in you, I really ask you the question is why? Um, And, you know, I share with my kids a lot of times is um, I share with them. I say, hey, how does it feel when someone encourages you? And then I ask them, you know, follow up question. How do you feel when someone puts you down? And I said, you notice those two different feelings when someone encourages you, it almost like you can rise up and be more than you ever thought you could be. But when someone puts you down, you just, you you can either go into this defeated mentality and you just want to just like quit and give up. And so when I, when I talked to my boys, I said, if you're able to encourage one another, You and I can be on this podcast and you've been around me enough, Jr. that, you know, I'm going to encourage you. You know, I want to see you succeed in life. Has nothing to do with the color of your skin. And if we as a as a community, you know, I say I can start in my community. People say, hey, how can I play a role? How can I do my part? First start in your community. And I had a conversation with somebody the other day. Um, white guy about a a conversation, but you know, we were just conversating, right? And he says, how can I do better? And I said, okay. I said, "Um, you've invited me into your home. It's great. You know me, you trust me. But I said, here's a question I have for you. I said, when you're at a grocery store, I said, and you see a black man that you don't know, what are the things that go through your mind? And I said, then ask yourself why? What is the things that have shaped the fears in you of a black man? Now, I don't want to just leave it at that. It's the same thing. You know, I was having a conversation with my sister about this very thing. I said, you know, okay. I said, I've been in places where um, I've been looked at crazy by a white man and a black man. You know, I was, you know, I was mountain biking at um, a place near, near um the austin area and a guy was two guys were just staring at me and i understand what that is it's like you know me and my kids we were the only uh people of color there outside of one other guy so it's like you know it's kind of i heard things like before like what are you doing here this is our sport hmm. but i i i hear that and i'm like i know it's they're coming from a heart of ignorance and also just a heart of hate and so I, you know, I, I choose the, to love through that, no matter what. I mean, because at the end of the day, is they're not putting their hands on me. It, it, you know, if, if they do, we have a different conversation, right? But I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm not trying to promote that by no means. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to rise above that as best I can, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I've also been in neighborhoods where African American neighborhoods um, or uh, And even that alone, I want to touch on that topic a little bit where people say African-American or Black, right? What's the politically correct thing to say? I said, one, um, I've never been to Africa. Um, I'm a Black (laughs) man. Um, uh, So that's a touchy one for a lot of guys. So I would probably say I would probably prefer uh, Black man, even though the color of my skin is probably more on the brown side. Um, But if we were to say that, um, that would probably be more, more the politically correct thing to say, because a lot of, um, black males don't identify with Africa because they've never been there and it's not a slight against Africa. It's just the reality is once, um, we go back in history and, and, um, how a lot of that was changed. Um, yeah, a lot of them don't identify with that. Um, yeah. so that, that being, being said is like, I've been in black neighborhoods where a black man will look at me. And use the term mean mug or stare me down. And I always wonder like, why? Why is he doing that? What's going on in his heart that makes him feel like I'm a threat? Same thing, what goes on in someone who's racist or prejudiced? What goes on in their heart that makes them feel like I'm a threat? So we can get to the point where we can look in the mirror and ask ourselves when these things rise up in us to capture those moments to say, what is our why? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if we can understand our why, we can get to the heart issue. Because once we can get to the heart issue, it allows us to open up and to have conversations like this so we can bring about change through, through unity. You know, and um, I don't, I'm not big on arguing politics. I'm just not. I've never thought in, in my lifetime, i never saw a politician Change my neighborhood, and if if somebody can tell me they have saw that they have seen any president change their neighborhood, please give me details on that. Um, I grew up, I grew up in the inner city, and it's still the inner city to this day. And I don't care who has been president. Who's been president? Um, I look at the south side of Chicago, and some of the things that are going on there absolutely breaks my heart. Doesn't matter who's been president. South side of Chicago is still rough. South side of Chicago, you or me both wouldn't go there. And so we can have these real conversations and I would rather have real conversations, but we also have to ask each ourselves, like, what is our why? Why do we hate so much? And if we, we can just straight up call it what it is. It's just evil. Hate is just evil. Um, it's, and I, I definitely don't want to go down a rabbit trail cause we can have so many discussions on, on yeah. that in itself. Yeah. We could. Um, but man, that's, I just want to get back to that, man. When I look in the mirror, um, how do I feel when I come in contact with someone that I've never seen or I'm not used to, how do I, how do I respond? How do I react? Yeah, um.
0: I think I, I think I want to wrap up on, on, on this one last thought and it really kind of kicks kind of attaches to what, what you were saying, but kind of calls back to some of the things that we were talking about earlier. And that is the idea that we can give each other the benefit of the doubt mm. and that we can be more interested in learning about somebody and trying to teach them try to be more interested in hearing from someone than we are in talking and understanding more than we want to be understood mm-hmm. i know there's a bit of a risk in doing this podcast and putting on the website and just getting ready to watch the flame wars happen in the comments mm-hmm. and i just want to i just want to ask everyone Who loves this website, fan of the Spurs or not, no matter what side of the aisle that you're on, please don't grandstand. Please don't bust on each other. Hmm. Try and find some common ground. Find something you can agree on. Even if it's hard. Hmm. Right. The easiest yeah. place in the world to push somebody down is on the internet you can yes. be anonymous. So at the easiest place where it is for us to let our id go, to just let our emotions take over. If we can show some restraint and give other people the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. where it's the most difficult to restrain ourselves because there's no repercussions, then maybe we'll do a better job when it means a little bit more and where it's a little harder to step out and offer that hand. Give somebody else help. Put an arm around a shoulder and lift somebody up. So that is what my desire in doing this was, to express what's going on in myself and to talk about what I would like to see in this nation and for the country I would like my kids to grow up in. So that'll do it for this episode of Superfluous Poppycock. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Leo. Appreciate the time. And until next time, Keep safe and let it fly.